Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 135. I'm your host, Em. With me is my regular co-host, Jackson. It's time for podcasts, time for video games. It's video game time. So a bit of housekeeping first. Uh, we had a bit of a show shuffle. Novel, not new. The long-running visual novel game club on our network has moved to Scanline Media. You can go to their website. Uh, I need to point reading games.online to there. Um, I will hopefully do that before this episode's out. I need to talk to Six about it. Um, they just wanted to bring it in-house and make it a Patreon show. I am on their most recent episode talking about Tsukihime. If you would like to hear my thoughts on uh, Nasu classic Tsukihime, you can listen to that episode. Um, I, I didn't like Tsukihime very much. In, in a ways that I think Tsukihime is interesting, but it's a bad game. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I have not it. have not got any nasty takes of my own. I've just been around everyone with percolating nasty takes yes. for the last eight months. As as ever, uh, journal updated and the safe room remain abnormal mapping shows for now. Um, everyone's free to do what they want, um, and new episodes of those should be up soon. So look forward to those. I know uh, journal updated's recording on Sekiro this weekend, right? I'm I pretty be- sure. I mean, they better be. Yeah. Um, uh, otherwise, we're turning that down around real fast. And um, Safe Rooms should be recording on. Um, what are they doing? I don't actually remember. I are they doing? Either. Are they doing uh, Silent Hill Three? I think they're doing Silent Hill. 3. I know they're going for the Silent Hills. Yes, I know. Next month is uh, Luigi's Mansion, but I think this month is Silent Hill Three. If that's wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, Bill yeah. Rose and Grace. <laughs> I feel My like apologies. this. This, uh, this um, update has given. Uh, if you give you the, they aren't like coherent. Like we have like a network plan. We just host. No, our no, no. Friends I just want to. I just want to plug their game clubs because yes. I always mean to do it, and I always do it at the end. And like it's after two hours, and I might not remember this week. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna make sure I get it. All. I wanted to talk about novel not new leaving. Um, you should go listen to it. They're doing. They're playing Raging Loop next. It seems like everyone's excited for Raging Loop. I decided not to play Raging Loop because everyone else is playing it. No other reason other than everyone else is doing it. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I just mean like the network is like a top down thing. Actually, everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. It's no, just, no, no. everyone knows that. But we are just highlighting our friend shows that we're helping with. Um, and yeah, all good, all good stuff. Um, I got a Mister. This oh. was true last time we recorded, but I didn't talk about it on this podcast. I talked about it on Voip Life. You got you a Mister. Abnormalmapping dot com. Uh, sorry, Patreon.com dot com mapping for ten dollars a month. Voip Life every two weeks. It's really good. Uh, in which I talked about getting a Mister. Um, that episode's actually for a dollar right i actually i made that one for a dollar i i believe that one's a dollar yeah because we also rated consoles um and i thought it was a good one so i made it a dollar um if you'd like to hear us rate the aesthetic of which console is the aesthetic best one and jackson picks the weirdest fucking choice in the entire universe you can listen to that for a dollar at patreon.com you're still mad about it you're never letting it go i'm never letting it go um i had a normal choice thank you um i wouldn't say that (laughs) yes i think that's true anyway um so i've been playing a lot of games uh on my mister is what i that's where that leads into if you don't know what a mister is please don't worry about it it's a a thing that does emulation really well that's the that's the thing it's really expensive and i shouldn't have bought it but i'm glad i did so there you go if you say that you'll get into an argument immediately about is it really emulation ignore that if it's a mister fega emulation is emulating chips like it's still a type of emulation uh yes but i'm just saying the kind of posts yeah, yeah. that you're gonna run into yeah, yeah i understand why the fpga guys are like weird about it being like it's not it's technically not software emulation and you're right it's not but it is emulating chips there is an yes. emulation layer there it's yes. just we turned the fpga chip into whatever chips the console used 
Um, yes. So you are you have gone basically as far as you can go into becoming a real hardware bastard without actually buying SNESs and Genesis. I didn't want to. That's too far. That's that's that that gets so expensive because then not only do you have to get the consoles, you have to like mod them or get expensive boxes to put them into a modern television, and then you need EverDrives for all of them. Unless you're getting into game collecting, which I'm sure as fuck not doing that. Um, Uh, yeah, no, God, God, no, no one was that. Yeah, um, I'm happy with my choice. Thank you. Um, but but yeah, that means I, I have a bunch of games and it's kind of weirdly scattershot. Um, but I've been playing like I played Pac-Man, Pac-Man and Pac-Man. And by that, I mean the arcade version, the Atari 2600 version and the the NES version. <laughs> Damn, let's go. Well, I was I was like, just I was like, I have the thing where this like a bunch of like wallpapers rotate every time I go to the main menu, the mister and one was Pac-Man and I, and De we were just talking about it. Cause Dusty wasn't quite like, didn't really know what the mister was or whatever. And so I was like, I, here, here's a good reason as like why I think this is neat. And then it was just like, this is what Pac-Man looked like. Then two years later, the 2600 version came out really popular. doesn't really look anything like Pac-Man runs like dog shit. Then two years after that, the NES version of Pac-Man comes out. These are not the right years. I know I'm, I'm condensing time a little bit, but I don't remember the actual years. Um, Pac-Man's 1980. I do remember that. Um, and that just looks like fucking Pac-Man. Like this, this, the ratio is off a little bit because the NES is, you know. Anyway, but it looks like Pac-Man the way the 2600 would not. You understand why the NES took off in the way that Atari, when Atari crashed, it took something like the NES to really kick it yes. in America again. It was already doing gangbusters in Japan. Famicom undefeated. <laughs> That's true. The family computer. Um, but uh, then, like, I played Altered Beast, uh, the arcade version. That game fucking sucks. And it famously sucks. I knew it sucked. Because uh, <laughs> um, it, it's got, like, some big sprites, and the guy goes, rise, rub your grave. But otherwise, it's miserable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a miserable video game, Altered Beast. <laughs> this is just known, right? This is yeah. a thing that is a, a cultural legend. Um, and then I, uh, I played Mega Man X2. Maybe you've heard of it. I have heard of it. I enjoy, I, I, I came up as a hater about Mega Man X because I just prefer Mega Man, but you know, it's still Mega Man. It's a good time. Uh, how is X2? So X2 is just better in every way. It's not quite the leap of Mega Man to Mega Man 2. Um, cause I think Mega Man 2 is one of the greatest games ever made and Mega Man's kind of mid, um, but they, they give you the ground dash immediately. The, the boot upgrade only gives you the air dash now, which makes it less powerful, but give, getting the, the normal dash like as a default move X does, oh, makes it so much nicer. Uh, yes. Um, the levels are more interesting. There's a lot of cool interaction when like, if you do this level before this level, it changes something in the other levels. Um, I, I had a really good time with it. I think the bosses are really sick. Um, it really it, it started to really understand the ways in which X is not original Mega Man and it's much more about a like action game in the boss confrontations and not necessarily about the the platforming as much. Mm -hmm. And I think that it helps it a lot. It's like set pieces and then a cool boss. Um Yeah. I've had a great time with that. Um and then uh I played uh, with Destiny, I said we played through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which is a new video game on Game Pass. Um they beat them up in the style of the original Turtles arcade games. Um, that game's fun, you know, in the way that those are. It has like it has like a level up system, which just means that there's it, it means that there's no incentive if you're just going to play through it once to ever switch characters, uh, which is kind of a bummer because I would have liked to have seen like I picked April and uh, Destiny picked Michelangelo because she likes Mikey. 
and we just never change because why would you change you lose your level because the levels of, like of each character levels up um, oh yeah obviously yeah um turns out april might just be op she's very good <laughs> um uh but we had a great time um it's really it's really easy on like the normal story mode um just you know you just button through and there's like a resurrection mechanic and uh plenty of lives um i had a good time i it was it was just nice to see some cool turtle stuff happen um it's very mindless just one of those you know i i get why it was on game pass i think for the right people it's like really their shit i had a decent time but it's like it's pretty vapid those are all vapid. Be- beat em ups are vapid that's just what they are yeah it's a genre i don't have much experience in and you know i should you keep saying go play streets of rage 2 one of these days yeah Streets of Rage 2 is also vapid but it has tons of style mm-hmm. uh, um and then uh what else so um the main thing i did this month is i played omori oh that was this month huh yes yeah okay which is the 2020 role-playing video game by omo cat um about a boy uh in his in like his in like a dream world and the real world um and dealing with it's like kind of a it's I guess it's sold as like a weird horror game in the way that we're going to talk about two games that are also sold as horror games. It's, I feel like it's less of a horror game than either of them, but also on some level was more of a horror game than either of them. It is 100% like, sold in the like horror game RPG space. Yes. What that yeah, means, yeah, yeah. We're already going to talk about how like vague a term that is already. Yeah. But it is in that uh, like miasma, what that means for the game itself. Yeah. You know. So Mori has like a, Omocat is a, a famous artist, uh, who you know whatever you think about Omo Cat's work uh has a very distinctive style and Amori is all in that style so it's a lot of like anime inspired like pencil drawings it's very cutesy uh and then something fucked up happens and it's like oh isn't that fucked up because it was cutesy um and I understand people being like I really about it I mostly liked Amori here's the thing Amori has the mother three problem we talked about mother three and that um it's a game with a really obvious like premise that it, it builds on. It's like, oh, once I get to the reveal, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It was leading up to this. I, I just assumed it was going somewhere else because I called this one five hours ago. Um, and also the game is like legitimately 20 hours long, which this is this is a me problem. This is a critic in your 30s problem or in your 20s, whatever. But you get the you get consumption burn. You're like, I want to finish something. And I like the worst thing a game can do is take a long time. Um, and I just I think for the audience, like people who play a lot of RPG maker games it's like, Oh, one of these came out and it has the size and scope and budget of a real RPG with like a bunch of locations and a bunch of characters and a bunch of scenarios. Isn't that cool? And I'm like, no, I liked it when they were four hours long and not 20. Uh, so I had kind of a miserable time going through, especially the last third of Amori where it's the most like horror game, but I wouldn't say the game is bad. Um, I, like I said, mother three is kind of similarly to how I felt about it. Mother three is a game with a bunch of cool locations and ideas I liked, but God, I wish it was way shorter. Um, yeah, and I part of it part of its reputation makes me more less like less in I enjoy the the thing it's like centrally about less because it just exists in a conversation with like a fan base that probably hasn't seen that a thousand times or likes it more than I do. Both of those could be true, I guess. Um, but um, I mean that's true of many fan bases, especially for like anything for yes. teenagers, right? Like yes. you fix that on the big thing, and it's often your first big thing yes um but the game itself has like a cool uh it's like a turn-based rpg where you have four characters and they all have like 
they have there's like a weapon triangle about like emotions and different moves inflict different emotions so if you're if you're angry your attack goes up and your defense goes down if you're sad your defense goes up and your speed goes down um if you're happy your luck and speed go up but your hit rate's down and you there's like i said there's a weapon triangle and you you just and the characters interact with each other like using a special meter like if if uh audrey the audrey the cool girl interacts with Kel, who's like the like happy-go-lucky guy that she thinks is really annoying uh she'll just get angry every time they interact so if you trigger their interaction as a special move in between attacks uh that's just an easy way to get her anger up which you want her angry all the time because that's her deal is hitting really fucking hard um and uh yeah that's just really fun in terms of like a very normal you know dragon quest to earthbound style rpg uh i think like i said i think uh, being 20 hours i wish there was less of it but i had a really good time with that game um it's neat uh i I'd, I'd seen a lot of people write it off because i feel like this genre of video game gets written off a lot just like the indie rpg maker horror style style games right uh yes they're really easy to discount as like the games that like the the teens are into i feel like but i mean I, I mostly the... i mostly like them <laughs> it's it's a space that i haven't really engaged with much not out of like um elitism that can't I, I just don't you know famously not a horror guy uh yeah just don't really like horror that much which is what we'll talk about like what that means coming to these these things now but it does mean like the reputation of them is strange uh like when when adults or like i'm using this term uh pejoratively slightly like serious video game critics like come across them they're coming across them from the lens of being introduced to them by teens that can be loud and annoying because that's what teenagers are like that's just how they are you just got to accept it they're they're gonna be loud and annoying and they'll say their thing is the greatest thing that's ever happened uh because they've only watched like three of them you know like that that's just normal it's a normal and natural thing and you cannot let it like cloud your view of this entire like a just massive entire slightly underground space in video games yes yeah um yeah the uh the other thing is like my reaction to omori is like i i, I much prefer deltarune because it's way shorter but also deltarune is two of seven chapters right now and when deltarune is a full game that people can just because they're gonna put out the rest all at once supposedly Oof. when that's a full game it will be as long as omori and i probably will just then it'll like i will like it less because that's true even though the story will be finished um, and they'll be very similar in terms of games. Um, and that's going to be weird to see. Um, I mean, I don't think it is entirely just like a, your specific thing is not entirely a dismissive thing towards the length. It is like you like a lot of these games because they are taking the RPG form and changing them into something a little like different. Yes. And yes. when you put the real RPG back into it, then you're just like, this is just a real RPG again. Um, well yeah but the thing is after i finished amori which took longer than i wanted because it's 20 hours and i mm-hmm. i knew that because i checked but you know it's like damn this is, really was 20 hours uh, i immediately go on to fantasy star 3 which i have not finished i don't want to talk that much about but that i'm playing like i don't even have any hacks i have a, I have a movement speed hack but i don't have like double xp or anything i'm playing that game normal ass normal and loving it don't care that it's long because it's old and I, that's a double standard i understand that as me being hypocritical where i don't care if fantasy star 3 takes me 20 hours but i'm mad that amori takes me 20 hours and there's no good reason for that yeah no i, I agree I'm, I'm not like i'm not defending or i'm just more like interrogating this whole position because yeah. i'm like on some level like and this is true of Mother 3, which is a Nintendo-developed, fully-made RPG. As yeah, much as I was it. also mad Mother 3 was 20 hours long. So. Right, but I'm, I'm like, it's, it's less a thing about production scale and more just, like, 
two critical modes. When you're thinking about an RPG maker game, when you're talking about Amori, you're not thinking of like, how does this design compare to Final Fantasy IV's dungeons? Yes, uh, that's true. It's, it's just like, I just think of old RPGs and the more modern storytelling focused, uh, like, things in just a different sense, even though they are 100% connected, especially like Mother 3, right? Mother 3 is a direct line from a NES game to a SNES game to a GBA game. Those are all one thing to get so yeah I don't, I don't have a conclusion or a way to like get through this but it is interesting the contradictions there um because yep. i also will just like you know i started playing final fantasy 2 the other day i have literally nothing to say about it because i only just started it uh but i sure spent an hour attacking myself <laughs> you shouldn't you don't have to do that you really don't um, yeah i sure did though <laughs> i know uh i'm look the first two times i played that game i did i understand um the uh, Fantasy Star 3 is really good. I'm I'm near the end. I, I'm going to wait until next month to talk about it, probably, because I'd like to see how the ending is. And there's like a whole... It has like the Witcher 2 thing where there's like three main acts and the second act is like wildly divergent. Um, literally, just a, you, there's a different second act if you make a choice at the end of Act 1. And I need I would like to see that before I talk about it because um, I'm really interested in that. Um, but that game is... I, so far, unless they really whiff the last like two hours, and I can't imagine they will, my favorite Fantasy Star game so far. Really like it yeah um it's good uh and then uh briefly i played oh i played professor layton versus phoenix right i talked about that on novel not new um mm-hmm. which you again go see on export audio i don't have much to say about nope, it it was nope. good uh scanline what i say you said export audio i did say export audio damn <laughs> scanline media Sorry. we're getting all of our friends uh, i'm different... so used to doing plugs uh for export because i have two export podcasts i know how this happens and um, every time i think about the way all our podcasts are split up I, I laugh and i'm like i you don't have to worry about it it's just a way of organizing all of our patreons and how we do things we're just yes it, it, it is what it is it's fine jen and six and uh qa are ex- are a scanling media no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> yes, nor, yes. nor- nor and autumn are export and we're abnormal mapping it's really easy actually really easy. um anyway uh yes i played professor Layton versus phoenix right that's a really good game it's too long um mostly in that um the puzzles in the professor Layton part are not very good and i think the final trial in the phoenix right part goes very long in a way that i was kind of annoyed by but it's a cool game um i have no i have no more Layton to play i played them all so that was a kind of a bummer you're not gonna play whatever the one with Layden's daughter is no i heard people really didn't like that one so i've not i'm not intending to play it i don't know i just know that is a thing that exists and then level um, five imploded and was never yep. seen again uh and then i played r type through um again just like mr going through uh this is i, I had the thought playing arts so i played r type uh really for the first time when r type dimensions came out on xbla uh, which is a port of uh, I think the I think it's just a port of the arcade game plus has that weird 3D mode that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I still like the way that 3D was implemented. You can do the Halo thing where you hit the button and it swaps between them. Um, and so on my own, I can get like halfway through our type with like a single clear for the most part. But I was playing on a fight stick which I've never done before, and that was rough. I need to mess my fight stick. I, I've got parts coming in the mail. They should be on Monday to uh, tighten up my fight stick and make it shmup ready instead of fighting game ready. No, um, you're nerd. You've gone too yeah, deep this in this hole. <laughs> this is where we're at now. Um, so look forward to more shmup stuff. But then I just started feeding coins into it to clear the game because uh, uh, I want to see the end. And uh, our type's really fucking cool. I love our type. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is it. That's all the video games. I, I, I 
I played a bit of Sonic. We talked about that on VoIP Life. And uh, I am currently in the middle of a game that I don't want to talk about until I finished it. Yep. There you go. Uh, like I said, I just started playing Final Fantasy 2 on the uh, Vita because I got it set up with the touchscreen to put X and Circle on the left side, left hand side. Oh, sick! Yeah, so I can play that mostly left-handed. Stalled out, and so I, I forget, I forget exactly which point in my journey I was when I came in last time. I don't know if I finished Pokemon Y or not. I mostly enjoyed that a good bit. Um, I started Pokemon Sun, but just I played four Pokemon games in a row back to back, and I, I hit a wall. You phys- your phys- your body can't take that much. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, Sun had a kind of slow and annoying start. Uh, it was fine. I like the characters. The writing seems much better because it's about hanging out on vacation. It's being a you know kind of a little racist about Hawaii, but that's fine. That's that's understood and accepted for <laughs> Japanese game. Goes- Japan loves to be weird about Hawaii. That's <laughs> oh, like one of their favorite things. They love to be weird about the mysticism of Hawaii. It is also American locals. Americans also like to be fucking weird about Hawaii. On it- top of it, so you have like two layers of being weird about Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, the thing that made me laugh in, is that, like, every Pokemon game, I mean, you're moving into a place sometimes, you, like, come from a different region, but it, yes. most of the time, like, you're just you're just a kid from Unova in a town going to explore. This yes. is the first time they were explicitly, like, you are a foreign child who has come on vacation. So, like, and the game is explicitly about a local population trying to, like, put something together in, like, a global sense, and it's weird. It's, like, the, yeah, that's why I like this game a lot. Yeah, and I assume... In Sword and Shield, you're just a British kid or Gala or whatever. Yeah, it is. it's just British kid, British. Yeah, every yeah. everything yeah. is just like. In Once the we go back right? to the default Europe and American, like because I know it was originally Japan, but now that like America and Europe yeah. has been all the other ones, and Hawaii is the, I guess it's also in America, but you know, just tr- treated so differently to the rest of the yeah. things. It sounds literally like, like we have all these we have all these shrines, and I guess we could treat them like gyms, and then maybe people would treat us like we're a real region in the Pokemon world. Yeah, uh, it's, it, I see. I'm. I'm enjoying it so far but i i just like i cannot make any critique of it because i burned out because i played four pokemon games in a row which you shouldn't physically do uh doctors advise against this yeah um and i'll hopefully get back to it uh some point this or next month i mean i've i've got what i've got like 45 days now uh before pokemon scott and violet comes out yeah um and i'd like to be done before then I'm very excited for the release of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, me too. It's going to be great because uh, it's, it's going to it can go one of two ways. Either it's the most perfect open world Pokemon game you've been waiting for forever and it's amazing and I get to enjoy the new gen. Or it's like a weird controversial Gen 8-like disaster and there's there's stuff in leaks about how much Pokemon there is that's already been like, ooh, uh, doesn't really affect me. It's funny though, uh, whichever way... Even if it goes bad, I'm excited for it. It's going to be pretty funny. I'll play it regardless. I'll catch some Pokemon and beat some gyms. Yes. That's what I'm here to do. I'll ride that one like yeah. a bike. Yep. Um, but yeah, otherwise, just because of the risk situation, uh, not been gaming that much. Um, I, I found that it wasn't nerves. It didn't nerve to conduct the test. It's not nerves. So now I just have to go, well... <laughs> I guess we'll see uh, whether it ever gets fixed, but uh, we are making progress on like, you know, uh, I've got Vita games working. I can play. But it's basically only fast-paced console action games that are the press are really the difficult ones to do. Um, we've got a cool game picked yeah. out for next month. It shouldn't like affect the podcast too much, other than I'm really annoyed I can't play Final Fantasy 15 right now. Um, yeah, but that's where I am for like my personal video game life interaction stuff. 
but I am still able to do a video game podcast with a little bit of a adjustment. Yeah. So there we are. Uh, there we are indeed. Okay. Um, Play some I guess music. we should get into our game clubs then. Yeah. announced mm, a week ago two weeks ago uh that we were going to add a game to our game club slate uh and that's because i was like we need to actually talk about yuminiki you need to sit down and play through it um yeah because it, it's just impossible to talk about this genre without talking about yuminiki and its incredible influence on literally every game in rpg maker space that came after it um and so we, uh, I had already played the Yuminiki. Uh, I just refreshed myself on Yuminiki a little bit. Um, Yuminiki is a uh, RPG maker 2003 video game uh, by Kikiyama that came out in 2004. Um, it's about a girl who wanders through a bunch of spaces in her dreams uh, and gets like hats hats slash costumes that give her new things to do but mostly you're walking through spaces and like seeing stuff and that's mostly it <laughs> that's it you just walk around it's like the most walk around and look at things game in the world yeah there are like very rare interactions where you can like move something out the way or yes. you're being chased by someone you have to avoid them to get through to the next bit uh, yeah. but it is 100 percent just exploring evocative spaces yeah. Uh, it's worth pointing out this game uh, came out originally in 2004, but then was worked on until 2007 when it was like finished and released. Well, um, it was, and then it, by all accounts, it wasn't. It was that was when the last update happened. Yes, yeah. It, yeah. There was no finale. Um, and then, and then in 2018, it hit Steam, and I played it uh, 2020, 2021. I don't mm -hmm. remember. Um, but um, apparently, like. Kikiyama is like a mysterious figure that no one really knows anything about. Um, but apparently playism got like permission to put it on or whatever. and It's all good, but it is kind of weird. Yes. Supposedly there is a connection to him through which all the official adaptations and the fucking manga adaptation and everything goes yes. through. Um, yeah. I've not looked into any of that cause I'm not really interested. Um, no. Cause you, so you and Nikki is weird because like, we played Earthbound, obviously, and we played Moon. And Yumi Nikki feels like it's deeply in conversation with both those games, but also something like LSD Dream Simulator, like the like late 90s exploratory games that were slowly drifting into the PlayStation. Yes, absolutely. That's just what it is. Yeah. Um, and just what if one person could make one of those? And the answer is it's pretty cool. It's like hard to know what you're doing or how big it is or anything. Um it but, is uh, an un. It, it's an undirected thing. There are just rooms. There are doors. Yes. You can go through them, and they lead to more doors. And you can find things. And I guess you can get effects. And it does lead to an ending that gives you credits. Uh, the ending is fucking terrible. Um, and a waste <laughs> of really time. Dumb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it. That's not the point. It's not a game to complete. You're just experiencing spaces and game things. And like, it's really clear that Yume Nikki 
the, Yumi Nikki is a name, right? It is a name of, a, of an object. But when people are often talking about Yumi Nikki and like the thing that was deeply influential was also Yumi Nikki, the experience of a new version comes out. What's changed in it? Uh, yes, what, it's the communal what, oh, thing. Yeah, I, I found if you went into the like into the maze and then went this way and down into the desert area, then you if you interact with like this person wearing this hat, something weird happens. Yeah, like it became huge on Two Chan was where it first blew up. Yes, um, but it was as much a like communal like just meta experience as much as it is yeah. a rpg maker dot exe uh, yeah and which famously is the type of game that we as western critics in like the sphere of you know we we modeled our thing off for idle thumbs um and giant bomb are ill-equipped <laughs> to like yes. do anything but tourists through right <laughs> i mean fundamentally we are touristing through here but um yes uh so acknowledging that and knowing that like there are people who have done much better like who were there at the time even in the western scenes right who have seen the stuff more firsthand this is just us like doing our due diligence and making sure we've like experienced this and taking a look at it uh it's yeah I, cool. I played it last year because i just wanted to play more horror games and it was a really popular one that isn't actually spooky right i would describe um, this as not a fucking horror game but i did i did like there's that one fucking jump scare but you understand why people put it in that space right yes i mean yes uh absolutely that's the thing with like indie horror and video games specifically is is these two things it's either things that are like vaguely like existential and kind of creepy can be read as creepy or have elements that associate with like creepy pastas or a slender man's going (laughs) oh a slender man's going and often the game is both at the same time thankfully neither of these games have the slender man going yes there are no jump scares really in these no as a, a couple of uh genuine horror moments since like toward the start of eve but uh mostly these are just evocative space games it's really good when you go into a room like in yumi nikki you go into a level and it's just like i don't this like i know nothing bad is going to happen because it's not a game where bad things happen uh but like whatever just parsing it is unsettling it's just there's a lot of like visual overwhelming like noise at some points and weird guys roaming strange spaces and you're like oh Love it. Love the feeling of going to a weird alien space. Uh, I think ultimately the thing I really liked about Yumi Nikki was like, despite the the direction um, that I know a lot of this stuff has taken, not necessarily in RPG maker spaces. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean more broadly, like the the ways in which horror and video games interact with its audience and specifically its lore. Oh, you mean FNAF? I mean FNAF. I mean the Slenderman. I mean I got a video where like. I learned about the back rooms from you, and then I was like, okay. And then the other day, I learned that, like, apparently the internet response to this, because this is how online horror like communities work in this space, is to make an open wiki, to make an open rooms, wiki yes. of lore. When like the thing that was yeah. interesting was it was just a f- creepy photo. Yeah, uh, the back room, the way the back rooms has gone has been. I really like SCP for the record, but mm-hmm. the way the back rooms wiki and stuff has gone, I think, really pops a very a fragile bubble that the backrooms existed in makes it way less interesting oh that's we've now got a hundred floors of all weird stuff and they've all got their own photo like you've just completely ruined this thing yeah um and yumi nikki is just entirely images and mood and tone and you could that you could and people have theory crafted about this all the live long day and the ending really really encourages you to do it in a way that is the reason i don't like but that doesn't really help anything um and there are supposedly like uh you know people who say this is the i figured it out the true meaning but it's not really a game with a true meaning it's like weird dreams and there's lots of different imagery and you can pick up on themes uh as it like repeats ideas and images and different spaces and different contexts um yes but it doesn't co it never it's not coalescing into capital l lore at any point ever no 
no, um, no. and I really appreciate it. It was all it was way more mood than I expected because uh, I I just yeah. I just expected either either more game structure or more like narrative grounding, and this was just not. It was just a weird thing. Yeah. Um, and that was cool. Yeah, it was really weird playing this after we had played Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, just realizing like, oh, this like as much as people are like, oh, this is doing an Earthbound, and I, I understand why people would say that it's doing a Moon. There live there's like. There's like a subway car in a void that's like a claymation thing. There's literally a moon screen, and you kind of sit there and you can ride yeah. the subway, right? Like, uh, but even moon. But then is- there's also, there's also an area where it, the the you walk up to a house is literally like an like a mother house, and mm-hmm. it's like in low like it, the camera pans out and everything's a little more like lo-fi eight bit. Looks like mother one specifically, um, and that's weird too. <laughs> yes. Uh I mean, it'll shift between aesthetics constantly. Yeah. Um, and then you'll be like, I, th- I think the biggest, the, the point where I was the most, man, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a gamer at heart is I, I like this game a lot, but I kept, I just, I need to be able to move diagonally. It's you're on a eight way static grid and you've got so many isometric screens. <laughs> when you were playing it, I did. Once you realized you were playing it, I did immediately point you to where the bicycle was to save your life. Cause you would have died. <laughs> You move so slowly, <laughs> and the rims are so big. And I'm feeling yeah, myself. The rims getting, are really big. And I'm feeling myself get irritated. And ultimately, I'm like, why am I get like, why am I getting irritated? Because it's not like I'm being slowly. I'm not being kept from anything, right? It's not like a long yeah. dungeon where at the end of the dungeon is a story sequence, and I want to get to that quicker. There's nothing to get to. It, the yeah. mood is the gate. Like there is no. So and I understand it, like the ultimately the thing the mindset thing is the problem here is that I'm here to like play a game and play it for an afternoon and, and get a review on it and that's just not it just doesn't it's not not a text or an object that intends to be interactive with that way you're yes. just meant to sit with yeah. it yes yeah when I played Yumi Nikki I uh, kind of just picked at it over the course of like two weeks and mm-hmm. then I and I got like about halfway in probably there's a lot of stuff I just hadn't put together because I was just playing it by myself with no guide or anything um, and then watched a lot of videos and p- picked it a little more a couple things I wanted to see in person and then uh, I've watched a lot of videos on Yumi Nikki um, yes people are weird about Yumi Nikki <laughs> but it's I, I really like it it's I like a fundamental this. game to understand this space um, yes uh, it's really funny because uh, when I played Amori um, and I'm glad I went this way and not the other way. Uh, I don't know. The kids today are like, are, are people, I assume people are just playing like the Amoris of the world and aren't necessarily going back to the Yuminikis, but then Yuminikis just free on Steam, but it's not on Switch, right? Like that's the, that's the difference. Yeah. But like, also we, we know people who are significantly younger than us. Well, like- sure. But the people, the person we were talking about is a person who grew up with a, with a computer and that's access yes. to a computer among teens is not a guarantee at this point. No, 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 not at all. But like, I'm talking like that's in the, uh, Tumblr space of like six to eight years ago. Right. Yeah. Like 2012, 2015, where the yeah. RPG maker scene is like hitting those people. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't, I don't know what the modern version of that is. I specifically think about like moon has an rp uh switch version thank god because that's how i played that and ib just recently literally last week got announced that it was getting a switch port which is great i'm excited for that um and amori's on switch and deltarune's on switch um mad god which is another famous rpg maker game i picked up on switch just the other day i intend to play it after we're done with this stuff um because i'd never played it um sorry mad father not mad god mad god's the claymation movie um mixing up my horror things that people are not normal about um so here's here's the worst part is that Yume Nikki Dream Diary is on Switch. Yes, the 3D thing. Yes. Yes. Um, and so it's just weird that like 
you can you can if you don't have a computer there's a lot of these like foundational works that are finding their way to a, a console which is good I, I appreciate that more things should be like that but this one isn't so i'm like th there probably kids stay are really into this genre of game they're just not playing yumi nikki and that's weird yeah i mean that's just on some level that is just time like yeah things lose their prominence and some things don't necessarily get the like and you can play push. the world's ver worst version of hello neighbor but <laughs> uh that's all versions of hello neighbor <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think this game is really neat. Uh, when I played Amori, that was the thing I was leading in a segue. There's a section of Amori, and one of the bad things of Amori that is literally just lifting wholesale from Yumaniki in a way that like all these games are in conversation together and constantly doing homages, whatever. And it's fine. That happened in these spaces too. There was like ten years where you would you would find braid guy what's what's tim tim from braid and captain video and every fucking indie platformer now it's shovel knight you can get shovel knight in any one of these games if you want um god and, you're really um, taking me back <laughs> yeah um captain video yeah um but um Commander there's a difference between like doing a nice homage like that and literally putting the maze for like the red maze from yuminiki and literally the ending of yuminiki in your game as a bad end um in that I thought it was really shameless and Amori did it and kind of bad form. I'm like, everyone who's really hyped for your game, who's really excited, has played Yumi Nikki. Don't do it like this. I think it's rude. Uh, I mean, it's it's not hiding it. It's a reference, right? Like, yeah, I know. But I, I, and it's weird because like if movies do this, like, oh, we're doing like a shot for shot remake of a sequence because we think it's cool to do that. Usually I pop for it. It doesn't really matter what the movie is. I'll pop for it. I, I, think uh, I don't know why it rubbed me wrong in this other than the game itself was already like, the things I like about the, the genre, but already too long. And then you're making me replay you Nikki shit. I, I, I don't know. I haven't played it, so I can't like argue, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I can say that like, I'm just talking it's about clearly a reference. And I assume yeah, yeah. people on, uh, you know, I assume the Yumi Nikki fans are not insulted. They're like, fuck yes. No, no, no. I assume the, the, the intended audience of which I don't count my, I am like adjacent to the intended audience, mm -hmm. but I am not it really liked it. I just would, when I got to the Yumi Nikki stuff, I'm like, and it was like deep into the game where like, I was ready to wrap it up. Which is part of it. I was like, why are why are we playing a different game that's way shorter and ultimately better than this one? <laughs> why are we? Why did you put this in your video game? Like you're just showing yourself up. Uh, I mean, like Amori's a game with a fucking like quest log for all your side quests. Like you can't you can't invoke Uminiki Uminiki in uh, a game like that for me. I mean, that's true. It's like Uminiki defined by its like rejection of structure, right? Like they yes. they put the RPG back into the RPG maker game and are now evoking the thing that is about entirely ab the absence of this. And I, yeah. I understand the dissonance. I, I, you know, I, I don't have a take uh, myself because I'm only, I'm only tangential and haven't played Amori. Um, yeah. But I do get why that's like a weird thing, I guess, explained like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that's all. I just wanted to bring it up since we were talking about Yuminiki and I had played Amori. Um, it was weird to see. Um, I don't have that much else to say about Yuminiki. It's really good. People should play it. Um, it's free, so it's really easy to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, you can just go play it. As long as you have a Windows PC, you can play it. And if you can't, uh, I'm going to link the Let's Play that I, it seems to be the most thorough one. It shows almost every scene you can find in the game. Uh, it has no commentary. You just look through it. Um, and uh, it's a good way to experience all the stuff in the game. Yeah. It's not like mechanically you're like, how did they achieve that? You know, because there's only one button and some directions. <laughs> Yes, if you want to like just be touristed through it, it's a it's a fine way to do that. Yeah. Uh, anything else, or should we move on? No, no, we can we can move on to our like main event, I guess.
our game club this month is Eve, a 2012 uh, RPG Maker game. Uh, so the developer's Corey, it originally came out RPG Maker 2000. We are playing the remake uh, that hit Steam uh, in earlier this year um, that was made in RPG Maker MV. Um, and uh, that's uh, the version I assume is getting ported to Switch. Should be out next year. Yes. If you don't have a... I'm going to link the Let's Play of a guy I like who does a bunch of horror games. He's the Manly Badass Hero. He, do, he, he does commentary over his Let's Plays, but I think he's... One, got a soothing voice that I like to fall asleep to. And two, doesn't overreact like loudly to horror games. He mostly just takes them very seriously and plays through them. And that's it. Isn't really interested in a bunch of lore. Um, it's a great way to experience the genre. If you don't like when guys leap at it, you can go, bleh. And I don't. I hate it. <laughs> But I do like, like bad horror about media, so I've been watching a lot of his, yeah. Um, anyway, th that's a great way. We we both referenced that to see all the endings, because I got two endings, and I was I felt pretty satisfied, and I wanted to see the others, and you got one, and we're watching it. So um, I, mean, I want to shout him out, because he's a good follow, I feel like, if you're interested in this genre at all. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, Jackson, what is the plot of Eve? Uh, the plot of Eve is you are Eve, uh, a eight-year-old girl, uh, daughter of upper-class... Uh, slightly bad vibes parents but um, you know dig into that as we go uh, and you're taken to an art gallery to see the works of what's his name? Gutena Weiss Gutena Weiss in uh, the year 20 or 6235 that's not relevant to anything but is I, I love it I fucking love it relevant <laughs> to a really fucking annoying puzzle um, I, I did not think that puzzle was difficult at all so I don't know uh, I, got for you. I, I I had missed. I clearly had missed the thing that explained the year, and was like, "What fucking year? How do I meant to find the year?" This thing. I, I that, that one was like, I couldn't figure it out. Anyway, but yes, it is set in the year sixty two thirty five, and uh, you're looking at the, the paintings of this guy. Um, uh, the guy's dead, uh, and his like they say he put his spirit into his paintings and what's up with that and it starts out well it's just like talk about this eccentric artist that does this like weird and often slightly off kilter art but nothing like too too strange and you explore uh explore the gallery on your own and you find a new painting and you go in you go into the painting and you're in oh bop 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 actually you kind of stand you go you, you go into the painting but you, like you then have you then like walk out and go back into the uh, gallery and it's completely empty. You it's think not, it is. You're definitely in the painting world yes. at that point. But it's not quite the ba 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 situation where I'm in the weird. No, you world. go up the mountain, and you fight a bomb, a king bomb, and you I'm trying to summarize the video game. I'm trying to summarize the video game. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, and sorry, then, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you okay today? You did it good. We we've been recording for a while now. That's so true. A punchy. Um, uh, and you uh, go down under the empty, strange world uh, of this gallery, um, being led on by like text on the wall, blood on the f floor. I guess more markings on the floor. Sometimes it's in red light blood. Um, but you head down, and eventually you come across Gary, who is a man you know early a 20s boy. i'd say i mean okay. he's specific I, I read i read gary as a teenager but he, he doesn't have a given age he is an adult the man is an adult i i have read because eve is like clearly a child i read i mean gary adult is like extremely from like 17 to... yes. yes he's got he's got when i when i talk about how i think john connor is cool because i watched terminator 2 as an eight-year-old vibes he's got john connor vibes to me. i was reading like 21 like college guy okay 
Um, I definitely was not reading that. I read him as much younger than that, but fair enough. Uh, but uh he's also trapped in this uh it's called the fabricated world and you're basically looking for a way out you talk briefly to Bar- uh, barry to gary you have a bond you also come across uh mary uh all he of was you like have- oh this looks like chris's blood you look like <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah are you are- hey, this is i'm going to mod eve to put in barry burton from resident evil it's gonna be the best game ever made actually <laughs> this looks like chris's blood <laughs> <laughs> the worst summary of all time you also come across mary uh who is uh eve's age uh a a girl with blonde hair all of you have roses uh mary had the yellow rose uh chris uh fucking hell (laughs) gary gary has a blue rose and eve has a red rose these roses represent your health uh if your rose like loses all its petals it dies uh you can um recharge it in a in like when you come across water this is it's like it's not really a survival horror mechanic there are just sometimes things that'll do damage to you to prevent you from like brute forcing things uh, yes and you explore through together you get separated from gary and talk to mary for a bit who's like uh, uh you know she, she just her parents are dead she doesn't have a mother um she is latched onto Eve a lot, uh, and is like, "Who are you going to leave with when we get out of the get out of the world?" Uh, while you're separated, Gary realizes that Mary is one of the paintings. Um, yes, the paintings are the like things that are coming alive to attack you in this universe. Uh, so you must then, as you progress, uh, either escape from Mary when like you realize this, and she pulls a knife, and you're running away with Gary. Uh, and at the end, you can either go th- back to the real world, um, and like. You kind of lose your memories, and so does Gary, but then one of the endings you can... Maybe it is ambiguous, you might be able to get them back. Or if it goes a different way, Gary can die in the painted world, and you can leave and be with Mary. Or you can leave and be alone. Uh, there's, there's like 12 endings. There's like a very different way this can go. But that's the yeah. main threat to the story, is you're escaping the fa- fabricated world uh, and learning things about uh, Gary and Mary along the way, projecting onto Gary as like a big brother type. Um um yes protecting to mary is like a sympathetic best friend uh but twist mary's one of the paintings so uh um, i mean the minute mary showed up i'm like oh well she's definitely desperate to latch onto someone to get her out of here and is evil uh because look at her she's she's an alice in wonderland girl there's no way that's like a good character <laughs> yes so that's a good uh, i mean in like a moral sense i actually think mary's really interesting i like mary a lot i like so. mary a lot as well so that's 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 the plot of Eve. um and uh Gameplay wise, you are literally walking through uh, small spaces in which they like expand out into a couple rooms which form mm-hmm. like mini puzzles. Uh, they are traditional adventure game style like puzzles. I mean, in, like the Japanese adventure game game sense, you are using keys to open doors. You find you you yes. find a door uh, that's blocked by um, a thing. I don't know, like and, and and like you do you do fake Sokoban about three times. You do fake Sokoban about three times. Uh, <laughs> But you also like coming across things where like one of the paintings um, has a hook on it, and you can put an umbrella on that hook, and it goes to the painting yes. above and stuff like that. This. Is the most Western adventure game puzzles in the game, I think. It's it's like if while you were doing a Resident Evil, instead of combining it with like action elements to make a survival horror, you combined it with a little bit of Monkey Island of just some like yeah weird logics in the keys doors thing so instead of finding like a gas can in the back of a statue uh it's like there's a heart inside the snake and i replaced the the snake thing and stuff like that it reminds me of flash games like samarost or uh 
like grow and yes. like it's about like clicking around and exploring the fuzzy logic mm -hmm. of the weird puzzles because there's not like a lot of there's not a lot of things to do and there's very little risk of like you can die if you take damage but most some, most puzzle scenarios are not particularly deadly other than the gas room for metal gear solid <laughs> um yeah <laughs> that's the one time in the game i actually died on accident was in there um you died on accident in there how'd you do that I went in with too little health as Gary and couldn't make it to the valve and just fucking killed over and died. Oh, I was like, well, I know I'm going to, I know I can't make it through that, but I did, I did brute force it through to get the paint thing rather than turning yeah. that off. Um, anyway, um, the re the main things about the remake is as a slightly different art style, but the main thing is that you can, there's a button to zoom in to look at the art, which yes. is not in the original game. Um, that is mostly it there, there. I think like there's like a couple endings if you played the very original version of the game, but those have been added in in the original, like back in the day, there was like an update to add them in. So mm -hmm. um, that's not even necessarily part of it because I was looking at like what the original release was um, and it, it mostly is the same game. Um, they did not do that much different to it. Um, uh, and so it's weird because in many ways, much like you, Nikki, this is a game about walking through spaces and looking at art, <laughs> but literalized in that you are through going through an art gallery looking at individual pieces that are just some really small pixel art <laughs> yes um, um yeah. and i really like that about it i like just looking at like someone had to sit down and draw a bunch of weird little pixel art and they're really small and some of but sometimes they're really big there's like some pieces that are enormous um there's one in like the hidden area like at the very end of the game that's like a giant death in like a crown holding eve and they're like dancing together that piece is incredible like shout out yes. that's just good art um most it's like here's a little painting of an eyeball um <laughs> and um i like that about because one eve like all the pieces have like plaques like a museum but also eve's like canonically eight and so doesn't understand like if there's words she doesn't know it's just question marked out and you have to ask gary or uh or mary to help you out and tell you what the words say um, and that's really neat. I like that stuff quite a bit. Um, uh, yeah, that bit's really good. I really, I really think the thing, the thing it. that made me think, the main thing that made me think about in signage and like pixel art. <laughs> um, I said I was gonna. Uh, I had a story about my childhood when I had a computer back in the day, and I was like, this is like a Windows ninety five computer that didn't really. I wasn't really online. I just played a lot of Minesweeper and like Hearts and messed around in Paint. Um, it was for writing papers, and my dad used it to type up stuff. Um, I would open paint and because I, I didn't really know how to draw with a mouse, right? I would just zoom in and make pixel art, like little pieces in paint, like pixel by pixel. Um, mostly as like a 12 year old making like fake wrestling signs that were like 16 by 10 pixels big. Um, and going through Eve, that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of making a lot of NWO signs that were extremely tiny <laughs> in MS paint. Ridiculous. This is what happens when there's no internet. You just don't know what to do with yourself. There and was you internet. making a lot of dumb but, art. I, I wasn't on it. How about yeah, that? Yes. Yes. This is right before I got online. And then all, basically anytime I would do something weird and interesting like this, I was Googling shit. I was learning about Super Saiyan level four uh, instead. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you and the entire population of weebs in the late 90s. Yeah. Um, and so it, I just like seeing all the, the gallery stuff. I think that's like because Yumi Nikki is so much about like an undirected space. You never know if you've seen everything and there's no map and you don't really know. Um, 
there's a lot of like chances to miss the art or just get like focused on like, how do I move through the space and kind of miss them. There's a lot of cool, shocking, weird, interesting things that you come across in Yuminiki. Uh, Eve just by putting it in a museum frames the intentionality of looking at each individual piece, understanding what it is, what the name is, what that means, but also because they're all framed in a gallery does the thing that real art and real galleries do where you're allowed to be kind of removed from it. Mm -hmm. Where like, there's a lot of pieces of art and some of them are like, neat and some of them are funny there's like the girl with her tongue sticking out and some of them are like you know supposed to be creepy or violent but outside of the one where there's a literal monster coming out of the tv like the ring like very basically none of them are like emotionally evocative in the same way as stuff in yuminiki because it's all in a very dry gallery intentionally and i think that's really interesting as a choice mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know, because it, it does the thing that happens when I go into a real museum where you see framed paintings and often it can be you have to, like, take yourself out of the fact that you're in a museum and it's like a quiet space. It's a little too cold and everyone's very stuffy. And you're like, what? Like, I'm looking at a piece of like a, a piece of art. Someone cared a lot about this. Like, how do I interact with this thing? Um, but then sometimes, like, even in in Eve, there's a, there's like one bit where there's just a bunch of bodies like hung from the ceiling uh some of them like they're like like they hung themselves some of them they're just like strung up by like their arm or whatever and like real installation pieces because they operate in three-dimensional space they just pop the bubble immediately like oh this is like a piece of art uh it's like an installation it's weird because i have to navigate it as an object i move around and not just a thing on the wall um and it's just cool to see that in a video i just don't i don't think there's enough like exploration of art in games like this right there's a lot of like early not early but like in the last 10 years, there have been multiple, I can think of multiple like itch style games about exploring museums, but uh, seeing it in a game like this, like in a 2D space, it's just something I don't have a lot of experience with. I think it's really neat. That's all. Yeah, I think that's really well done. Has nothing to do with the actual plot of the video game, but I, I, it being in a museum, I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 would, I really liked it. I, I, I really liked yeah. it. I feel like it came to very different... Um, approach to it because like my thing is obviously don't play many horror games uh and unlike you Nikki, which is like immediately just weird kind of vibing <laughs> um, yes eve starts out honestly um pretty unsettling uh i think it puts its like scares forward like in the front first bit that's true um, i think that's true yeah like i don't think the game ever gets any scarier than everyone's when you're alone, everyone the the, the the lights are out. You're alone in the entire gallery, but there's a footstep track playing that doesn't like line up with anything on screen. Um, the uh, the one where the guy goes through the like second floor window while like walks past it that freaked me out. Right? Oh, where he knocks it like bangs on the window. Yeah, and yeah, there's that one, and there's immediately after that you get the arm sticking out and trying to grab you from the wall. Um, the one the one that actually got me the most um and it's meant to it's like meant to be this is when gary goes in the rabbit room and you realize that gary's like the silent hill 2 thing gary's not seeing rabbits gary's seeing horrible dolls with blood up red eyes i mean that was just cool that wasn't yes, like scary yes. that was like conceptually but cool. that stuff always gets me That's, the part where like oh they, they look like do they look like monsters to you the the, the silent hill thing always gets me um for me it's always like this yeah uh yeah i mean um I'm mostly just like unsettled by the isolation and the weird noises and expecting a thing to go boom, mm-hmm. go ah. Yeah. Uh, so like once I met Gary and it settled into just being about the like loneliness of these characters, I was just yeah. very comfortable. That was like just a chill game. 
this is the part where I'm like, oh, if you could get over being scared, but you don't like being scared, you would love horror stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I Clearly, because I, I like when there are characters who have been affected by, like, shitty things in life, and they have to navigate this in a situation that is uh, not explicitly, like, 100% uh, like uh, allegory, but is a situation that forces them to confront these parts themselves in a way that are uncomfortable and the resolution yes. is always unsatisfying and messy rather than the kind of more clean metaphors you get in the other kind of genre stories. Not always, right? But like, yeah. horror is definitely a space that allows for that to be messy in a way that yeah. I appreciate. And if I wasn't scared of things, it'd clearly be one of my favorite genres. <laughs> yeah. It's just because like, Ebes so clearly is like any mode of fiction. Uh, like a coming of age story where Ebes, a young girl who has parents who are clearly distant and care about her, but not in a way that like reaches her very often. Uh, and they're kind of shitty and they're like upper class or whatever. You, you get the sense they go out and leave her alone a lot, right? Yes. Um, and uh, she's in this gallery and it's off-putting and she doesn't really understand it because she's a child and also art galleries are like nightmare you know, spaces like enjoying a museum is a thing that not every child takes to necessarily yes. i feel like it's an infamous like you think you could take a kid there and they'd have a good time but most of them are going to be bored and fussy and me too as a kid i you know um uh and then she go she goes into his weird alice in wonderland story in the painted world and she meets a, a child's idea of a hot boy <laughs> Uh, with his like long coat and his scruffy hair and he's he's mostly very nice to her and takes care of her or whatever and then she and another girl who clearly like needs her in a way that she's never been needed by anybody um and then she has to make a choice of who to go with or even to go at all back to the real world because like her fake mom shows up and it's like we could be together in this world forever maybe you'll just go do that instead um and that's all very like of the genre um in a way that like I could, you could call trite. I think it really works. I think like the difference between a good one of those and a bad one of those is just how it lands for you personally. I think this one lands really well. Um, but the thing specifically I like about that is this game, because it has multiple endings, sets up two scenarios that I both think are like, I really want for Eve and even the characters, which is she gets to hang out with Gary and they remember their adventures and they're both stronger people for understanding that sometimes you can rely on another person and it's not like dangerous. Or Mary gets out of the painting and gets to be a real girl because she deserves it. Uh, she didn't ask for this. And those are both good endings and neither of them are compatible because you can't get Gary and Mary out, you know, in the same playthrough. That's just the rules of the, the, the genre and the, the world that's set up just don't allow for it. Um, and I like the, having to sit with, oh, where, where, where do I fall on this? I feel bad either way. Uh, that's horror to me. That's horror fiction to a T. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was stuff I really liked. I ended, so the ending I got first uh was uh the together forever ending which was where mary is in the real world with you and gary dies because mary pulls out his blue rose yeah i got the um oh where there's a bit there's a bit on here where they show all the endings uh the names of the endings i just wanted to make sure uh but i got the one where you get out with gary but he, neither of you remember what happens you like stand by the big rose thing and he's like oh this reminds me of this thing but i don't know what and then walks away um uh, yeah, memories, memories, crannies, which is like a kind of a bad one, but like it's probably like the one right before the like quote unquote true end, which is the where you remember what's happened, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, ultimately, I I don't really like the the what has been agreed upon of the true end because I guess it is narratively like you do all the stuff, you burn Mary's painting, and you get out with Gary, and Gary shows that he might actually remember you in the long term. Uh huh. Um, but I, I, I just, I just, that ending didn't really land with me when I, when I, when I saw it, I was like, this doesn't feel super satisfying in the way that, uh, uh the other ones were. Um, I don't really know 
what remembering this is meant to mean. Like, I don't know what, yeah. like, catharsis that gives me. Like, yeah, they remember each other. As opposed to the other way, where, like, they go through this traumatic thing and watch this thing die in front of them that was, like, their friend, but was also not a person uh, and was trying to kill them nebulously, all, sometimes all at the same time. Um, and then they come out and don't remember it. I, re- I really like that one where he just walks away. I think that ending's really yes. good. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. And it definitely has a thing where, like, the, the, the narrative of video game design and the conventions of genre not all the time but her point towards a trend where in a game with diverging possibilities there exists a situation where you can do it all yes um, and you can't quite in this one uh because you know you can't get both uh gary and mary to five which i think is a yes. good choice but you still get this weird uh, one where you can get him to remember you and maybe you can live together and like what what is that i don't know what that means like I, I don't on think- some level if he because it because it is so like on paper satisfying it ends up doing the like la bella la thing where it's like oh you got everything you ever wanted and it makes you it doesn't make you feel better how, how do you like you have to sit with that as the reality right because like gary remembering you and you maybe like Eve, even Gary. I should say Eve rather than you. I guess uh, it's yeah. not really a second person game. But Gary and Eve remembering each other uh, and being like, "We'll meet again in the future." Uh, I don't really get the sense of like, what what will their life together be like? Because uh, thank God it's not it's not like a romantic thing. Like she's got a crush on yes. him, but in a in a normal eight year old way. Yeah, uh, he, he's, he's just, a cool guy. <laughs> he's just a cool guy. Um, which is why I I lent to like the the college way because I, I thought he's like. He just seemed like burnout in a way. I'm like, he's not building towards something. He's not like, what am I going to do for my exams next year? Oh, I feel like he's like dropping out of high school kind of burnout. Okay, yes, well, yes. Basically yes, the same idea. I, I don't think he is. The reason I didn't think high school was because I didn't think he was like, you, you know, next year he'll be going to a thing and like moving, making progress in his life. No, no, no. Absolutely. I agree with you there. Uh, and the, I, I thought their, their like relationship was very sweet and he was like very nice to Eve. Uh, Eve was like, just letting him express kindness in a way that he doesn't seem naturally disposed to do. Um, But I don't know, like, it didn't give me a sense of what this eight-year-old and, you know, between teenage to college age uh, adult would, like, talk about outside in the real world. Like, they don't have a foundation for a friendship outside of this traumatic experience they've gone to. And luckily there's nothing in the game that implies it would get, like, weird and creepy with that. But there's there's nothing else in the absence of, like, to show what bond they would have even in like a healthy way and so i didn't feel feel satisfied by the fact they might remember each other as opposed to yes. like the tragedies of uh the, the dual tragedies of both the other endings which are both you kind of get what you want but they don't feel right uh I well, like that's those, like that's like fundamental out. to coming of age fiction right it's yes. like you were crossing a threshold and making a choice but that doesn't actually change the reality that you're still like a child right uh yeah like like Eve grows through the experience in basically like you can say that of any ending if you want, um, but that doesn't mean that she's not an eight year old and uh, a, a guy of some indeterminate age but clearly older is just not going to have that much to do with her outside of we're escaping a horrible painting world together. Right, like when 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 he doesn't like exist to calm her and make her feel better because she's a child in a traumatic situation. There's nothing really there for them. Yeah. Um, as opposed to uh, with Mary, where like. In in the real world, I can see what Eve gives to Mary, but it's definitely like a backward. Like that's Eve providing something to Mary. Mary is the one who really yeah. needs someone there. Uh, yeah, the and when when I was a kid, I was always like really focused on like getting the approval and like acceptance of adults. I was like, oh, yes, I uh, I really want them to respect me as a person with like 
good ideas and like is, is like someone to be taken seriously blah 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 and the reality is on the other side i'm like even if that's true like I, you know kids are people I, i'm willing to say that i'll take that risky choice and declare <laughs> that to be true um <laughs> That doesn't mean I like have anything like I, I don't want to hang out with people. I don't have anything to necessarily to say or do with anybody. Right. Like, <laughs> yes, there's no like, what do you what do you what the thing you want is like a fulfillment that as an adult on the other side, I'm like, I don't have that. I don't I couldn't give it to anyone else because I don't have it for myself yet because <laughs> no one does. Yes. Sorry, kid. That's not a problem with you. That's an everyone problem. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um and i like that the game like just sits in that very uncomfortableness about that um it's good uh, i will say my favorite ending is the really bleak dark one which is mary uh gets out of the painting um world on her own um but uh isn't like tied to anything and doesn't uh she doesn't have the rose in this one right that's what triggers it um and basically the the world collapses around her it's not an actual real world that she's in she's just in a fake real world that she is like concocted in her brain and it slowly like falls into darkness as she realizes that she's like destroyed herself the end it's pretty bleak it's not a, it's, it's really, really bleak i think it's like really creepy and good i love that shit it's Eat creepy it but it's uh full thank god because <laughs> i i really like mary um in, in a way that's like when 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 Gary starts acting up like she's a painting, run away from her. Which I understand why the painting's trying to kill them. Um, well, yeah, they, they've literally been chased by painting women the entire game, so I get it. <laughs> uh, but like Mary's not that. Like she's sentient. She's a she's a person. This is like a thing in the uh, like in the plot about uh, uh, the painter, right? Like he's been trying to create these 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 works of art that have a piece of him, and he's finally made this piece that he like imbues with this essence that he like this is this is my daughter, uh, and then dies and she becomes real and as well and can't like process that uh and i don't know it's good i really liked i really liked mary i was rooting for mary uh that's fair she does basically kill gary though in her endings and does try to pull a knife on you and shit the scene where she kills gary is one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing because she doesn't even realize she's killing him she just takes the rose and pulls out all the things doing like a love me not reading it's really good uh that one was just sad and crunchy and good. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, it was a great game. I'm really glad we played it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew that, like, these these games have, like, a famous reputation. Most of them have been pretty solid, but I think this is, like, on the stronger side of them. Um, I just I just enjoyed it. Also, it's, like, it's like under two hours long, which, man, love that. Yeah, so two hours long, depending on how much stuck you get. Also, like, we barely talked about the video game, but uh, I think it's really good. Like, the, the game design of the... It has just the right amount of things to do in a space before progressing you to a new space. The main progression of yes. the game is going to new spaces, hearing new story, and f- seeing new art and getting like new moods. Um, but each space has just enough like you know most screens have one or two objects of interest that will interact with another object of interest that will form a light puzzle these puzzles expand in complexity as they go on eventually it gets a a little zelda-y like towards the end but it's fine it's not like a problem i don't yeah there was there were a couple bits where i missed uh there was specifically one bit where like i forgot to like you go into the big room right uh Uh with uh with um uh, Mary, but I had forgot at the part where uh, Gary knocks over the painting to make a bridge to knock down the crescent moon thing. So I was like, "Why can't Gary get past his plants?" Um, <laughs> that one stunned me for ages. So uh, there was a couple couple bits where I got stuck. But I think mostly it was very frictionless, and everything was like just the right amount of 
what do I do? Oh, I'm, you know, because the, the, the thing you want in these kind of puzzles is not a puzzle that is like stumping you, but is a puzzle that is designed in such a way to be not quite as Simon says. It just requires just enough consideration of the space. The puzzle is used to like direct your brain into how it thinks about the environment and your progression through it. Uh, and I think mostly it's really good at that, especially the bit where you split between um, both Eve and Gary and you're going between and like passing the umbrella up and down and moving the, the snake painting and um, yeah. painting the rainbow bridge. I thought that bit was probably the the best, the peak of like the video game design in the in Eve. Um, I like the trading puzzle to get the golden bird. I thought that was probably my favorite bit of the video game part. Mm-hmm. That bit was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun game. Uh, yeah. I don't think I have that much else. We have a lot of questions. No, great game. I had a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I think the original version's free. I think the like remakes a great way to play it. I like being able to zoom in. But if you if you're like I want to, I don't want to pay money. Uh, just play the original. But the one's good too. Yeah. I actually, I was like, normally when you say there's a paid remake of a cool free game with like expressive art, I sh- just instinctively assume it's going to be worse. But it's totally not. Yeah. Uh, All right, we'll have some music and then we'll come back and do some questions. If you would like to send us emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. It can be about any video game thing you want. Uh, we love just random emails. Uh, we have a lot of them, and they don't have to be about the game club, like I said. Uh, first one is from Wright. The other day, I met up with a friend I had not seen for a while. They said they'd never played a Kojima game, and we got talking about how if you could only play one, what game would you play to best understand Kojima's whole deal? Um, their money's on Metal Gear Solid 2. What do you say is the right answer? So, I mean, that is a weird, it's a weird question because the right answer is to play Metal Gear Solid 3. It's the best game he made. Uh, but I don't like, what do you, what does it mean? Like understand Kojima's whole deal? It's, that's the thing is you like w- pick one Kojima game for someone to play as Metal Gear Solid because I think it's just the best singular game on its own experience. I, I, don't, um, I don't agree, but I think that any answer between MGS 1, 2, and 3 is acceptable here, but they're all like kind of divergent. Um but yes, the, the, like those are all the best. But then, then I can go derogatory and say you have to play MGS Four. Fucking suffer with us. Well, here's You're the thing: is really I think that deal. the things that make Metal Gear Solid Two the whole Kojima, like because I, I in the perfect world I'd be like, oh, two's. I think two is the better game. I, I think I mostly most days I say that I waffle, but um, um, you have to understand the ways in which it's playing with people's expectations for, from coming off of Metal Gear Solid. Um, and I think three. If you only get one, I think three is the right answer. Um, but that's only to like that is to play the best game but like this is 
to understand the Kojima deal so different because there's those Kojima's been so many different then, people. Like, police so knots. I don't know. I've never played police knots. I don't know. Play Death Stranding. I guess is the answer then. Right. Like, do you, do you mean the Kojima that's like doing strange stuff in like a weird Konami structure where he's like in charge of this team making like offbeat stuff that's kind of hitting big? Or do you mean the Kojima that's hanging out with fucking movie stars and, and bullying um, Jeff Keighley every week? Like, <laughs> I, th- I think I think my answer has to be Death Stranding with this premise. I, I object to the premise, but if you just want one game to understand why people love and hate Hideo Kojima, I think Death Stranding has to be it. I, I ultimately like this thing that's like, what's the platonic ideal of a Kojima game? I just don't think it exists because I think that like, as with any person that you're going to get like auteur lens about, right? Like, there's too many different phases. He just shifts. It's just like, you know, and I don't mean necessarily the man. Like, I mean, like the the credit right like the authorial construction that is Hideo Kojima which has gone through different structures working in different companies with different teams at different times yes um, it's just it's just a strange question I don't think there's like a necessarily holistic easy easy pick though I probably MGS2 is the one that's the most that and also best game like I said if I'm feeling really mean you can just play MGS4 no context go nuts uh Faden writes in you're in charge of a pokemon gym what type of pokemon are in your gym who's your signature pokemon and are you late or early game gym uh i'm, a, I'm an early game gym i'm electric i've got three guys and uh it's probably mareep is my is my signature pokemon okay i think i would be like mid like probably like gym five or six okay. um and i'd be a poison type gym but like real serious about it not none of this koga shit <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> I think my signature Pokemon Pokemon would be a uh, uh, Garbodor. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the big garbage guy. Man, that's a cool Pokemon. Yes. Um, Ben writes in. I want to know what your favorite world building in a game is. Um, like broadly in all video games. Yeah, which game was was the world presented to you in the way that was most intriguing and evocative? Which game's world do you like the best? Which setting would you most want to play a tabletop RPG campaign in? I think those are three different those are questions. Those three very different and questions. I, I, and also, I don't ever want to play a tabletop RPG campaign, so I'm just throwing that third one out. Sorry. Not me. Um, that can't be me. I mean, like, the Disco Elysium world is so fucking cool. I don't think I want it, like, explained to me, though. No, but, like... And this is a thing that I'm still mad about, because remember, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get the stuff about the tears and whatever. The, yeah. The, you know... Um, the pale, I think the it's pale, called the, the pale. pale. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that being like behind so many checks is like that. That is just a cool and presented well. But then my more boring and normal answer is I really like Final Fantasy X too. Um, I think the world building that's excellent. Damn, that is good. That is a good answer. Shit. Uh, like, I understand it. It's not really doing anything inventive, but just having characters exist in spaces over time. Um, I think video yeah. games are really good at that. I wish more games did that because. Instead, they they just make new maps each time. Like you know, we're going back to the same map and exploring it in different contexts. Is a thing that a lot of games can do, but don't always do. Uh, you know, yeah. people have to get back to me as to how good Yakuza is at this over twenty years. I assume it does interesting ish things, but it's not it's not thematically ambitious as Ten Two. I imagine I would have to play yeah. fifty hours of Yak. No, that's way too. I have to play two hundred and fifty hours of Yakuza games to get an answer to that, which I'm not doing yeah. anytime soon. So. Maybe that one's really good at this this specific thing as well. Uh, but yeah. Uh, game world I like the best, probably Castlevania. or uh, You like my... Castlevania, don't you? I do like Castlevania, don't I? Um, yeah. 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 Oh, sorry, bumping Cheers. into shit on my desk. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, fire pu uh, sends in pushing buttons is fun. Holding and releasing buttons is fun. Tilting and even blowing into controller can be made fun. I don't know. I don't agree about tilting. It. Yes, blowing. No, blowing is never fun. Um, <laughs> outside of the context of self games, is there any way to implement complete inaction and keep the play engaging? In the 2017 game, everything the game can play itself to completion. If a player simply set down a controller, allowing you to resume control at any point, is interesting, but certainly started to get outside the bounds of enjoyable interaction. Um. I mean the like there's a lot of games where like waiting matters. Um, yeah, I think the thing is the, the Metal Gear Solids of the world, I think the waiting ends up being like you're just like trying to take in enough information to proceed and you you know where the guards aren't and it's not that big a deal. But I, when I think of a game where like the waiting feels really active, I think of like Dishonored where I'm like there's so much information and the the density of like what the enemies could do is so high that like I don't necessarily know that I'm always going to be safe, even though I'm safe right now, that the waiting feels really tense. Yeah. Cause I, w I wouldn't say that like necessarily stealth games are the best at making inaction exciting. Often in many of them, I feel like you're just waiting for a cycle to complete. So you can, you've already planned the move, right? You're in a situation, a guy's walking past, you know, your next move, but you have to wait for the, the, you know, the cycle of the AI to reach the point where you can enact the action. Um, yes. And that's not always like that satisfying. That's just taking a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, I don't even know, like, I don't know what inaction is, is waiting for something in action. Cause you're still like preparing to hit a button and doing things. Thing. I guess it depends on if you're like, if, if it's the, if it's the Hitman or Metal Gear Solid style. And I mean, early, early Hitman or just like when you're like, just like, I need this guy to walk into this room and then I can do the thing and kill him. I think that's really boring. If you're like. I'm surveying like six different possible routes and trying to plan out what I think will be the right one. And then I need to like make sure and then enact it. I think that can be really engaging and it, it, they look the same from the outside. I really think it depends on what level the game is asking you to play at and what level you are playing it at. But like how long does the inaction, like like there's the bit in um, Outer Wilds where you go through a thing and like eventually you realize the solution is to never touch the button. Um, yeah. And to let yourself like float through a scary. I'm not going to go into specifics, but if you know, you know. Uh, I think that bit's really cool, but does, does that really count as inaction in the way as the same way as everything, which is literally just an object? Um, I mean, the, the, the just let everything play itself is just kind of there because that's like a goofy meditative joke of an experience. And yes. Um, and it is fun to just watch animals tumble through the countryside, right? Like, yes. I'm not against it. I like everything quite a bit. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think the answer really depends on the person's own threshold for what they find interesting in games. And for me, it's like the difference between like, I don't necessarily find guard cycles interesting in most stealth games, but like, I really like Dishonored. I think Dishonored is one of the greatest games ever made. So there you go. But like every, every game has negative space, like points where yes. you are not meant to be, because you know, if you're just mashing the buttons, not to be the like obnoxious thing, but sometimes it's about the button you don't press, right? But like, when does that become inaction and when does it just become a flow of when you're doing things? Is yes. not pushing the button for the first two seconds, like, you know, so you make sure you press the Mario Kart thing at the right time to get the boost. Is, is that inaction? Like, how yeah. short can you get? And that's, that's I guess, my question about like, the yeah. philosophical premise of this thing I'm taking very seriously. I hope it's okay. Yeah. Um, Alba writes in, uh, you enjoy platforming. How, if any, does that appreciation translate movement-based skill challenge games like skateboarding or other trick-based games? Is the enjoyment of platforming purely about the joy of movement or is the achievement of goals part of it? Uh, I love skateboarding games. 100% it translates. Those games are so sick. I like skateboarding games less than you. Well, that's not true. I really like skate and I never got into Tony Hawk. It kind of like passed me. I didn't play it until a little later and I was already skate-brained and it's really hard to go back. I've played, played a little bit. I didn't put it in my thing, but I played a little bit of like 
the yeah, Tony Hawk One and Two HD remake, and I just can't wrap my brain around what that game wants you to play the game like. I'm like, that's not what that's not what skateboarding is to me. It's nothing like game. skateboarding. It's it it is yeah. a you have to think of it as just a weird, unique control platformer. Yes, yeah, um, which is what it is. It's about like chaining objects into other objects, um, and that, that's weirdly like not. Like, I really like Mario, but, like, if Mario had a point system and I was about getting combos to make my points go up, I think I'd like it less. For me, it's about, like, you have five jumps and any of them will do, and it's which one you want to pick at any given time, and not you need to make sure you don't use the same jump twice or your score multiplier won't go up as fast. I, I mean, think that's, that's, like... That's only in, like, some of the goal design I, of the points. I don't even, I'm not even putting this at the feet of Tony Hawk specifically. Okay. There's a lot of games that are like this. Um I'm just saying that, like, Tony Hawk is more like, what like, if... Like, oh, I really like driving games, but I never like stunt modes where you're given points based on what stunts you're doing in, like, a, in like a line. Mm-hmm. Hate it. Hate it in every driving game I've ever played. Uh, you're not going to go and play a bunch of Project Gotham Racing. I've never played Project Gotham Racing. It's got, it's, so. They've put the kudo... It's like an arcade racer, but it's got the kudo system, which is kind of like the Tony Hawk's one. It's not quite a stunt system, because you get points for, like, clean sections and other things. Uh, it's where, like, a lo- the Horizon combo system is kind of... It's, lightly inspired by that the kudo okay. system is well, much i better. don't like the horizon combo system so. the horizon combo system is much worse because it's like a weird freeform thing that you can just tick up and like just waste time doing and leads into a stupid skill point grind uh, yeah. i think it's taken the ideas of like what the kudo system does and pushed it to an extreme yeah. that i i think is stupid uh yeah but yes broadly i think this is good i think you would like i think the tony hawk is less like the thing you said more like what if mario odyssey you could always throw in another, another cap uh, and it was about like doing that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, for me, it's mostly about I enjoy moving through. I think I think there's like a liberating mo- like element to the movement of a good 3D platformer specifically. Um, some 2D platformers get there, but it's not really there the thing they're doing it the same way. Um, it's why I really like 3D platformers more than I like 2D platformers. Um, but there's yes. much fewer good 3D platformers in the world. <laughs> that is tragically true. Um, Alpha's second question. Um, how as mecha anime enjoyers do you find the Super Robot Wars games? Are I don't. they too strategy RPG leading, too mechanically, or too blatantly fan service for you? Um, I, I haven't played any of them. That's the real answer. Uh, I played a little bit of two. Um, and ultimately, I just don't like uh, tactics games that much is the secret. Um, also, there's there's only like one or two even now that are like free of things that we're going to cover for our podcast that we can play. Right. There's, because it's so fancy, obviously, you really need to know a lot of mecha anime and we we i guess we have the reputation of being mecha fans because we have a gundam podcast but like i would, I, I, I say every day i'm not a mecha fan thank you i, I have not watched enough mazinga to really get into them of these stuff i've not watched uh gal gaigar i've not watched uh escaflona you have um yeah i only just read getta and man fucking get a robot, yeah I mean, that's the thing is like i played a little bit of super <laughs> wars too um and when the getter guys at the beginning of that game it's like the getter guys and the mazinga i'm like holy shit i love it eating this up love them um the aphrodite's there love that love it it's great uh yeah uh, i bet i would have a good time with them i just you know tactics RPG. i mean the secret is i just don't like tactics games that much so i can feel myself one day giving giving the tactics like breaking in trying the tactics games i don't know which one will be probably be final fantasy tactics let's be real <laughs> um because i really yes. have promised many people i will one day play that game uh and because of the like the knowledge that one day I would like to break into the genre, I'm probably not going to try it with Super Robot Wars games. They just seem a little bit more, you know, they don't, they don't seem like the best tactics games to cut your teeth on. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Hilver writes in, what features, fantastical or feasible, would need to be added to RPG Maker to get you to make a game? Uh, I don't think there's... A- 
it's more a question of my time and energy than it is lacking elements of RPG Maker. I would love to make an RPG Maker game. I was literally about to say that. This is going to be that you would need to send me back to school at 18. (laughs) So I was a student with time to fuck about with RPG Maker. I was literally thinking as I was like putting together like what I want to talk about on the save episode. I'm like, there's no reason there isn't an RPG maker like fake Star Trek other than no. The overlap between gamers and Star Trek fans is not as big as you'd think it would be. Oh, man, I'll make that. Just like what if there was like multiple like hour long RPG maker games? You only need to make the ship once um, and you could just do fake episodes of Star Trek in the lens of like an RPG maker thing. This is my calling. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna become a millionaire, <laughs> making small scale. Well, I'm that's gonna... the thing is you can't sell it, right? Like that's the problem. No, they won't be in the Star Trek universe. I'll do my own sci-fi okay. thing, but uh, that's it'll... the thing is I'm not interested unless I get to like oh, okay. talk to Klingon on a view screen. <laughs> you... I mean, I they didn't copyright view screens, but uh, <laughs> yes, you won't be able to talk to Worf. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's I, there's nothing other than like the will to make a video game, which is uh, not not trivial, right? That's a that's a lot of work. Even in, even in an easy engine, quote unquote, like RPG Maker or Adventure Game Studio or something, that's not non-trivial, right? Yeah, and I mean the thing for me is like I would probably have messed around with that a little more as a thing I might try to do one day, but I can't do art, and like RPG Maker has. Uh, like the 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 way that scene's moved and the things it expresses is it is a game engine that is very good at allowing artists who cannot traditionally code to express things in a game yeah. form people are still making rpg maker games where you just use the tile sets you buy from someone right though. sure but like i feel like that's that would be my uh biggest thing i'd want to do is i'd want custom sprites but i can't make them and i'm not paying for them and i don't have like i don't have a team i'm like when i think about if i was going to make a game on my own with my own skills from zero where would i start i just don't ultimately think i'd be able to do it with rpg maker I think I could. I think I could futz through most of it, and what I couldn't, I would find someone to do it for me. It's music that I'm like, I just got to pay someone to do all that. I don't know how to make any music. Uh, I mean, I haven't. Done, I have not made my own music in like a decade now. God, but um, I guess that <laughs> Campo Santa song in 2014. Jesus, uh, but um, I could do music if I have. If I had to start doing music for a game, I'd be able to do that. I, I remember enough about how music composition works. Yeah, I could muddle through some temp art and anything I didn't like, I could hire. Like I've commissioned plenty of art for this podcast and our other podcasts. I know how to do that part. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, um, it's just the time, and I don't have a good. If I had a good idea, I'd probably still try to fit it into my life right now. I just don't have anything that's like, oh, that's a burning idea that would be great in RPG Maker. I don't have that. I mean, that's really the thing is that like, I do not have within me the like. I need to make a game. I need to make a creative work of a video game. Uh, I'm sure if I really had that, I could like learn a system and do it. Um, mm-hmm. but because I don't, I'm like focusing on my energy on the podcast and stuff. Like that's why I'm not, why am I not doing things? Because I'm doing the things I'm already doing and that's where my energy is yeah. going. Yeah. Um, nine writes in how much of the RPG horror maker, RPG maker horror genre have you all played? None. I.e. the witch's house, mad father, and more recently your turn to die. Um, none for you. None. Zero. Zero percent. Um, I'm a little more, but not honestly, not that much. Um, does something like Gingiva count? I mean, I think that's just like weird indie art RPG Maker games. I think that's a G- It's similar to and overlapping with, but not the same as RPG Maker horror genre. Um, I played a lot of shit like that back in the day. Um, and then do you still feel like we're in the RPG Maker era? The thing about that is, I think, I mean, I watch a lot. Like I pointed, I talked about earlier, you should watch Manly Badass Hero. He does great stuff. Um, and there's a lot of people still making games in that. The thing that's happened is... Uh, 
engines like Unity and whatnot and Unreal have gotten really easy for people with minimal experience to use. Um, so a lot of people are making 3D games, especially since like analog 3D horror, like lo-fi stuff has become really popular. Um, that's what, just what the kids are into. Uh, and also Renpy's gotten really popular as a mode of expression that wasn't true in the West back in the day. Because um, yes. the visual novel is just not a form that a lot of people were like thinking about as like a default way to write games, and that's not true anymore. So you, I think you, I think in overall the RPG Maker percentage has probably gone down just because other engines have like stepped up. But I don't think like the ideas that RPG Maker horror entails, or just RPG Maker games in general, have like gone away. If anything, they're, they're like people are still love to do it. You know, mm-hmm. the the ability to turn that into a work like a thing you sell probably worse than it's been in like 20 15 years let's say i mean i understand like the rpg maker uh like communities are really big on tumblr i knew that i knew just knew yeah. that and tumblr is uh not what it was um yeah and i know that like the horror game drive of culture these days is coming from youtube like the the post slash twitch streamers yeah you need people to pick up your game and stream it you can't do reaction streams to rpg make i mean you can but not in the same way as how easy they are for a fucking hello neighbor disaster right yeah Um, but that means that means like something like amori was grew like it was a kickstarter based on the back of an artist that was already really popular that people knew there were names attached that like sold the game on its own um there are plenty of games that are of that size and scope coming out by people who don't have those names that nobody knows about, right? Like exactly, that's yeah. always been the problem. But that's true of all things, and like that's yes. just just art under capitalism. That's yes. the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Lucas writes in. Uh, is a Brazilian listener. Back when I was a kid, around 2004, 2005, I had a bad internet connection, a worse computer, and basically no money to spend on games. So even if I spent literal hours downloading pirated game, it'd probably not be able to play it on my very basic computer. I believe that was true for a lot of kids my age in Brazil who were just starting to have access to computers and the internet at the time. At the time, a publishing company took notice of those issues and came up with a devilish plan to make a quick buck on the terrible infrastructure of kids and teenagers all around the country. Download a ton of free RPG Maker games from online forums, get pirated versions of RPG Maker 2000-2003, shove them all in a CD-ROM, and sell them with a magazine that barely taught the basics of those programs. It read in big red letters on the cover, Make Your Own RPG, and 80 RPG games in the CD-ROM. Amazing. Of course, those games are small enough. I had no problem downloading them myself, but I was introduced to that universe through those scummy magazines. Starting to learn English at the time, played through the games like Legion Saga, Jay's Journey, and Final Fantasy Endless Nova actually helped me a lot to practice, which allowed me to dig through forums and get access to games like Eve and Yuminiki. Those magazines are also an introduction to the Brazilian communities of RPG Maker developers in the now dead, but then thriving social network Orkut. Uh, I've never, I don't know how to say that. I've seen it before, and I've never said it aloud before in my life, so... I guess I just want to tell you a little bit about how those games came to Brazilian shores. Since this is supposed to be a question, what are your histories of RPG Maker games? Uh, where are they big in your country? Yeah, I mean, you know, America. Yeah, America, UK. Boring, boring places. Boring. Uh, but, um, um, <laughs> I love that. I love these stories. Because like so good. Yeah, four, five, real. I just had cable internet and was down, like downloading shit. I wasn't, I wasn't gaming. I, I, the idea of using my computer as a thing I played games on didn't really occur to me. It was literally, I started listening to albums and they were talking about... Um, they were talking about um, the Shiva, um, and that was the first game I ever paid money for. And uh, I had not down. I'd played Flash games, but I had not downloaded a video game. Uh, I'd like played GBA games on emulator, but like the idea of a game that was made to download and play on a computer is just totally foreign to me until then. Damn. Yeah. I guess. I guess that's. I guess two thousand eight is around the time for that. Yeah. 
um right uh i love this though this idea of this cd-rom um like pirate shareware version of rpg maker games uh love it so good dia writes in with another emoji nightmare of fire dinosaurs skulls um i think that's ever and money a ba- money, money bags. bags of money um capcom you know what dia how do you write these emails i want to know do you, <laughs> do you type out every single one of these well i mean you, i i my bet is yes i think i think they're all being typed out physically on an iphone uh because you wouldn't copy them they're like the ratio of things to things is off yeah they're just chaotic i just don't understand but like does Dia write out the sentence and like the sentence in English and add the emojis in between the words, or is it all done? I think it's all just done beat to beat. Because if you're doing, if you're just typing it in and just jamming on the emojis over and over and over again, you can just type the word, take a break, type a word. It takes a little bit of time. Okay. That's my bet. But uh, Dia will have to enlighten us. Dia, please reply to the tweet about this podcast with your answer when you listen to this, and then I'll retweet it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Capcom has given you carte blanche and dev t- a dev team to develop a game with the title Dino Crisis. What will you do? No question mark. Um, I mean, I'm I'm making a new Dino Crisis game. I mean, like, like I, just straight, I, like just a <laughs> Resident Evil, but there's dinosaurs in in, in a I mean, lab it, space. I've never played Dino Crisis. It goes to space, right? It's in space. Dino Crisis Three. You have to. No one okay. likes Dino Crisis Three. I've actually okay. played a bit of that one. Dino Crisis Three seems okay. like a weird game. It's an Xbox exclusive. It's in the era oh, okay. where they were doing like. It's not got pre-rendered backgrounds, but it does have fixed cameras. But they're moving constantly. But it's switched to away from tank control, so all, oh, the, so, all the controls so, are camera I mean, relative. I was about to say like um like Code Veronica, but Code Veronica I think saw tank controls. No, it's it's specifically the camera relative controls with the moving camera. One of the most disorienting games to possibly play. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I I think I do the boring thing. I make a new straightforward fixed fixed angle tank controls survival horror game like the old Resident Evils. It can be a Dino Crisis, I guess. I'll just make a new. Di- I will just make the traditional game and it'll be good, and everyone will really be happy with me. But it'll sell fifty thousand copies. That's fair. I mean, I guess if you're doing that, it lets me do whatever I want. Um, which I think I think you make the game where you play as the dinosaur. Yes. Um, but on some level, it's still like a survival horror game because it's about everyone wants to murder the dinosaur and the dinosaur will want, want to defend itself with dinosaur abilities, which is biting and slashing at fleshy humans. Um, and that's it. That's You're just a raptor who's trying to not get murdered by humans. Uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. But I don't know if that, like, since you're making a survival horror game, I don't want to make, like, Tokyo Jungle, but you're a Velociraptor. I don't think that's interesting. I mean, necessarily, you could just play Tokyo Jungle. I mean, the um, thing for me is, that, like, a PS1 survival horror game where I'm, it's, like, not that scary, but I'm using keys to open doors and shooting guys is, that's the peak of video games to me. So I don't know why I'd make anything else. Yeah, they've yeah given that's me, fair. They've no, given me the right. opportunity to make a new one of those. Uh, I'd take it immediately. But I guess I guess my version of that is like, what if you what if you added like what if what if that idea, but it was Dishonored instead of Resident Evil, and you were a dinosaur? That seems alright to me. Mm-hmm. I just really want another Dishonored, and they're not going to make one. I should really download Deathloop now that it's on Game Pass. What uh, if the uh, Zach Fair had to fight a dinosaur? Well, here's the thing: is I never want to think about Zach Fair ever. I think he sucks and is boring. Well, so you already ruined got, the idea. I've got so much bad news for you about the last 15 years and the next 15 years. 
Uh, I will continue to be mad about Final Fantasy VII Remake as much as possible. Don't worry about it. I can do that. That's free. That's that's free. And that's not exclusive to the PlayStation. <laughs> you can yes. do that anywhere. Uh, Ritz writes in, what's the phrase you would write on a wall for the protagonist of a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic video game to find? <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ritz suggests uh, you should <laughs> you should hack your 3DS. It's easy. Anyone can do it. <laughs> oh, I'm still laughing at that. Uh, <laughs> that's all um, over Splatoon. I'm talking. I think I think I'm gonna pick a really bad uh, like pop culture reference. <laughs> How bad we talking? Um, I don't know. I'd have to find the right one, right? Like, it's like, oh, what do I want? What do I want to be the like cheesy epitaph of humanity as expressed through me making a stupid like scrawl, right? Um, yeah. And it's like, what? I don't. There's not like a movie that I want to quote. I'm like, what's the what's the prequel quote that gets on the wall? Uh, it's it's, it's how did this happen? with modern this? <laughs> that's a good one actually you know what fair enough i like that <laughs> that one that one's pretty that one's you know what that one's a pretty good luck yeah. i like that yeah, one that's a pretty good one i like that yeah um nora writes in if a massive triple a title were to be demade into an rpg maker game which game would you most be interested in playing <clears throat> massive triple a title as a as a rpg maker game um The Witcher. I don't know. I haven't even played the real Witcher, but um, as described, I assume it'd probably go well. I think. I think. I. I think this is how you fix Mass Effect. Easy. I mean, that's the same. It's on some level, it's the same answer. Is yes, <laughs> we would love it if the big AAA RPGs were sprite-based RPGs with text dialogue. We would. We would be so happy. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like. I, like Death Stranding came up, and that doesn't work because the the interesting part of Death Stranding is the weird walking up and down 3D environments part. Yes, right. So like you'd lose something there in a way that like don't think is recoverable. I don't care about like Horizon as an RPG maker game. Um, <laughs> like your Halos of the world don't really work, though. You know, if you want to make an Arbiter game and it's an RPG, I'll take it. I'm not gonna say no. How have they not made an Arbiter game? What the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> they can't even make Halo. It's fine. <laughs> they canceled split screen. That guy who's like, it's on the fucking box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a big YouTuber who was like, here's why I'm not, I, I'm not covering Halo content anymore. Whatever, dumb video. But halfway through, he just kind of like in exasperation says, it's on the box. <laughs> it is on the box. It's Master Chief. He's on the box. Uh, that's the truest thing. Um, Nora then asked if you have any tips for Sekiro. Nora will have already recorded the episode on Sekiro by now. But I do have, have tips, tips though, for Sekiro. And what you should be doing is you shouldn't be waiting for openings. You should be treating it like always, always pressing R1 unless you're pressing L1 to get into a rhythm of doing both of them because the combos will fill into a rhythm. That's the video game. That's the, that, is that, was, that, was my express, that was my experience also is waiting for openings is a fool's errand. They want you to be aggressive. Uh, yes. Uh, well, because I, I was I was waiting for openings. I was like, this this boss is so hard. The the butterfly one. Then I went in and was just like, ah ah ah. Okay, L ah uh, ah. Uh, and then just getting into a back and forth with it, being that boss, incredible. One of the best. Fuck yes, I, man. Sekiro so cool. Uh, I, I beat it like after my wrist was going like that one boss, and then I had to like put it down. I was like, one day I'll play Sekiro when I'm feeling better, and I'll love it. But I did get I did get the moment where that clicked. Amazing. 
Santo writes in, what do you find most interesting about horror games? Is there another horror title you're curious about? I'm usually good with horror media when it comes to books and films, but get super easily spooked by horror games. Me too. I will not bat an eye at any other piece of horror media. And the minute you ask me to play a game where I think the guy's going to jump out, like I said, I just shit my pants, basically. (laughs) These pants are so shitty. God. Uh, I mean we kind of talked about like i i like the the narratives in these games and i don't like it when a guy jumps out of me i um i so i played the resident evil 6 i've watched a let's play of 7 i kind of want to play 8 at this point i'm curious about that um i don't think that's going to bother me that much um 7 7 i i don't think i would have been able to play through 7 i think it would have freaked me out a little too much uh 8 for whatever reason does not do that to me um i mean 8 just they've done resident evil 4 again by all accounts yeah um I do want to play, like, like I already said, I already downloaded Mad Father. I'd like to play more of that style of game. I mean, what I'm looking for in horror, uh, in video games specifically, is um, that kind of, like, existential sadness and grief. I think that's what horror media does best when it's really landing. Um, thankfully, uh, like, Mike Flanagan puts out a kind of mid-TV show that I like more than it deserves every year at this point. So. <laughs> He's going to get back. Does it have to be that good? Yeah. No, but it's got exactly what you ordered every it's time. It's got exactly what I want. I love it. It's like my hole. This is made for me. I'm climbing in, going to turn to a noodle man, you know? I mean, um, this question is weird. That, like, that's my thing of feeling about horror, but also in video games, I like survival horror because I like the like survival side of the mechanics. I like using keys to open doors. I like yes. resource management. I like Dead Rising. I like Resident Evil. Uh, I, I don't like Silent Hill because I didn't play it because that one's too actually scary. Uh, <laughs> I did I muddle through Silent Hill. I like Silent Hill. So in terms of like things I'm curious about, like, I'd like to play... Um, I'd like to get through some Fatal Frame. I played a little bit of 2. That's and I was, too scary! That was a... That oh was a rough time. I had a rough time. I was playing that Destiny and I was still like, this is too much for me. Can you, the you the camera thing? Destiny was like, no. The yeah, camera thing? Oh, no, never. Yeah. Couldn't do that. Um, so there's stuff, but um, if anyone's got any recommendations for good horror visual novels, that's what I'm interested in. Because um, I played I played Fate of Morgana and I really like that. That's like gothic horror in that like, mostly it's about being sad and there's nothing really scary in it. Um, that's the difference. <laughs> that's why gothic horror exists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, there's you know we're skipping. All right, uh, Alex writes in. I'm not really sure Elden Ring's build collaboration with George R. R. Martin is very pleasing to me. Uh, Dark Souls already famously in dialogue with Western Fantasy, so the, it, the two parties feel a little too samey. If that makes sense, I want a weirder combo. If you could pick any non-video games person to collaborate with a video game developer on a project, which two entities would you pick? What kind of game would it be? How much involvement would the non-games figure have on a scale from George R. R. Martin to made it entirely themselves, no pre-existing technical knowledge and no involvement from the dev somehow. It's basically outside of art. Well, if we get that one, I want David Lynch to make a video game. Um, only if it's that one, not any other version of that. Do I want David Lynch involved? Because I think it's not that interesting. But he loves lo-fi art and like effects so much that I think he'd make something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing is that there's actually, there's a correct answer in real life that already exists. Uh, which is very famously uh it is steven spielberg calling up ea being i want to make a video game and they go oh we get our most cinematic guys on this and then he goes boom blocks let's go he was right he was right to say that uh incredible can't believe that happened one of the best video game stories okay but like let's think about more what uh, david lynch wants a good combo i'm like combo between David Lynch is only interesting on the far end where he's doing everything. I really yeah. genuinely think that's true. I'm thinking like I'm trying to combine a dev with a with a guy. I can only think yeah. of like shit posty ones. Oh, like like what? Well, 
like I don't know. You could get um. I'm, I'm trying to think of a film guy, um, or an author. You can get Brandon Sanderson to do law for Keira Takahashi. That'd be stupid. That's a shit boast. That would be stupid. That would be stupid. <laughs> um. But like, especially in the Elden Ring sense, I'm like, I don't know what author I'd pick for. Like, I want them to do lore for a video game. It's such a hard thing to do. That's fair. Um, I think the answer I've got is I want Boz Lerman and Tetsuya Mizuguchi to collaborate on a video game. I want to die. I want to see the screen and the sensory overload be so much the human brain can't comprehend it. And it's a I thing. would comprehend it. I would comprehend it. I would comprehend it. I think it'd be really good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'd build different. I would comprehend the visual. <laughs> I would. I would. That's the thing is I really like Mizuguchi's uh, things. I like Boss Lerman's things. You know, I think it'd be good. I mean, Charlie Eden's like not that great. Where's every extended extra extreme? Where's the, where's the re-release of that? That's my question. Every time I'm like, where's E5? E5? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's the th- what's the fifth E? I don't know. Enhanced. Eternal? Enhanced every extended extra extreme. I would say a tunnel. That's E6. <laughs> That's E6, is it? Okay, sure. Yeah. That goes on the end. The uh, yeah, no, enhanced I'm, goes I'm... on the front and the eternal goes on the end. You can't put... No, no, no. You can't put an, an enhanced on the front. You have to... You keep adding to the end. I feel I feel like putting an E on the front is uh that that's sacrosanct. You can't do that. Um Yeah, maybe. Anyway, that's my answer. Uh and then we have uh one more question uh from Jupiter. As much as Yumi Nikki has become an iconic horror S classic game, do you think the ambient exploration behind its gameplay falls in the same umbrella of what games would define as a walking sim? There's a term I haven't heard in a long time. If not, I'm super interested to hear your thoughts on why it isn't. Outside of the Yuminiki fan game community, do you think the indie game series has taken any explicit influences in its game design? Um, I, I mean, probably. I don't know. I don't. It's hard because I people just don't. In games, I feel like people don't like talking about their influences in a way that like is real. Well, half of the, like all of game culture has convinced themselves that innovation exists. Yeah, and it's a really hard thing to like detach from. This video game's good because it's so original, rather than truly like engaging with the lineage of influences in any, anything. Yeah. Um, or it'll be like, oh, I really watched Robocop and invented Doom 4, right? Um, or we're never not going like to mention the, that interview. We're never not going to bring that up. It's, 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 the, it's the, the, the Japanese game company PR signed off on this answer of, I'm naming three things that are popular that definitely influenced my game. <laughs> You see all those news stories about how, like, Ghost of Tsushima influenced getting uh, Yakuza Kenzen released or Ishin or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, dumb. Silly. Um, I think I think Yuminiki absolutely is a walking sim. Uh, yeah, Any I, game I in which it's... you are, is, is the primarily, primary function of the game is to explore a space, and that's your mechanic, that's a walking sim. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't... Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to do that. I've got my collab, by the way. I followed a new collab. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, I would like um, Akira Toriyama specifically to kidnap and uh, outside it, like free from their corporate structure, whatever is remains of the Super Mario Sunshine team. Ooh, I like that. I want uh, I want a not not Dragon Quest. But I just want like a Toriyama art 3D platformer. I I just want that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
I'm down for it. Dragon Quest uh, Die coming soon. I just was looking at Dragon Quest Treasures clips. It seems pretty fun. Um, I'm probably not going to play it anytime soon, but I was like, damn, I do, I do like a Dragon Quest. I do. Dun, 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 Where's dun, three? Dun, Where's Dragon dun, Quest three? Now I can where ask. Where is it? Because I, I was like, I was like, everyone needs to chill and wait for Live Alive to come out. But where the fuck's Dragon Quest three? There's Octopath two coming between then. No, I don't give a shit about that. Now I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm back to being Where's Dragon Quest three? Where's Dragon I mean, Quest three? The answer 3? is next year. I think the answer is next year, very firmly. Yeah, they're not going to cancel it. It's a remake of Dragon Quest three. Yeah, that's free money. <laughs> uh, but people are waiting. People need Dragon Quest three. Yeah um anyway that's it for questions again abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com um please send them in we love emails you can if you're just like listening to this like i got an email you can send it now i'll just hold it. i put it in a box it's fine you don't need to wait till i put out a call doesn't need um, to be about any video games recovering it can be about anything yeah, as you experienced yeah. Yeah. yeah um next month we are playing norco norco 2022 point and click adventure game by geography of robots for mac os and windows yeah, heard good things about it. Very interested. Yeah, I'm excited. It it is gonna pr- probably put a damper on me playing Monkey Island f- five or th- six, six, three, three, um, three, six, <laughs> three. Um, which uh, they talk about the stuff that happens. It's not actually like I get it. I get it because the story he's telling takes place after two, but it's definitely aware of the other Monkey Island. Okay, thank um, God, because I, I this is just a thing that I. Th- I have no opinion about this in Monkey Island specifically, but in culture, I firmly believe if you're coming back to a thing, you shouldn't erase all the stuff that other people he, did. He's not between. erasing though. It is Guybrush. It, like, there's like a here catch up on what happened to Monkey Island. It talks about all five games, but then Guybrush is telling a story that happened after two as a framing device. Okay, so it, okay, so it's that's cool. That, what a yes. cool thing! They brought Monkey Island back, and it's supposedly yeah. just pretty good. They made a new Monkey Island. That's so cool. Yeah. But because we're doing Narco, I probably won't get to play both. Um, yeah. I've never played any Monkey Island. I just appreciate it from afar. It's good. It's good. You could just play the the first two. They're very solid. I'm not uh, like not know. playing it on purpose. I just haven't yeah, yeah. played Monkey Island. You could just play the probably play the guide. I don't think you'll need it for six. Seems pretty easy so far, but one and two can be a little tricky, and then three and four are like kind of hard, and then five is just a telltale game. So give it's a the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, it, it is more of an adventure game than like any of the modern Telltale stuff. But yeah, you can't say that anymore. It's big. okay. Late modern, te- late pre-explosion modern Telltale. Um, uh, new uh, new from the Borderlands coming soon. Uh, that's not by Telltale at all. Not at so. all. Looks terrible. I saw that trailer on a thing. God, what, the, the the shambling corpse of Telltale is making the Expanse game, right? That's their thing. Sure. Would you tell me? I think that's true. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Norco, please look forward to it. Uh, hopefully we don't get um, Kentucky Route Zero again. I can't imagine. Well, first of all, <laughs> everyone really likes this. Um, yes, in a but way, everyone really liked Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, but I'm saying it came out this year. It, that's it doesn't true. have the thing where like our, our reaction. <laughs> oh, you're to- saying, you're saying, unlike other video games, this is a game that released in 2022. <laughs> uh, I'm saying that if you'll listen to our episode about Kentucky Route Zero, that is a game defined by the like ways in which our yeah. specifically interaction with both video games and politics at large changed between the release of Kentucky Route Zero Episode 1 and Episode 5. Uh, and the like gulf therein. That's a really good... It's kind of a negative episode, but it's one of our best episodes, I think. That's true. Good um, pod. All right. Plugs. You find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast at me and MD, adamnormapping.com. 
Uh, we got Raptor screenings there. We talked about movies. We just talked about uh, last year at Marin Band. Uh, that was a cool discussion. More like last year at Marin Good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash neural mapping for $1 a month. You get uh, the great Gundam project. We're currently watching uh, SD Gundam Force and Digimon Tamers. Uh, that's been a great time. For $5, you get blockbusters every month. We break down a Hollywood movie. We recently did the Iron Giant uh, with our friend Autumn. That's just a free episode. If you go to the Patreon, you can get it even if you don't uh, give us any money. Um, for $10 every two weeks, we do VoIP Life, which is me and Jackson goofing off. If you want the episode where I talk about getting a mister, that was recent. Uh, last episode, what happened last episode? We did something. We talked about visual novels a bit. <laughs> we ranked all the consoles. I talked about Sonic the Hedgehog. No, no, no. That was two episodes ago. Oh, uh, right. I talked about oh, Sonic God. the Hedgehog. <laughs> well, we have that one. What did... We talked about. I, I think we, we didn't have a gimmick. We just made it through with somehow. We did not have a gimmick. We just we, talked about video games a bit mostly. Um, yeah, I remember. If you want me to talk about why I'm not playing Umineko anytime soon, and a lot of that is the weird echo chamber I live in versus where everyone else lives in. Uh, there's been there was an interesting talk in the Discord about that. I'll also, check out our Discord. If you go to abnormalmapping.com, there's a link to the Discord. Um, you don't need to be a patron or anything to get in. It's free to get in, and uh, it's chill there. You know, it's a small community, but we all like it. Yeah uh that's it again tell your friends uh when you see this episode please retweet it i that helps a lot um let us know send us emails you know feedback always good love feedback as long as it's positive i have a fragile ego uh, <laughs> and uh we'll be back in a month with more video games goodbye Bye. Bye.